0: What is up, all my Nexus family? You are tuned in to The Nexus Podcast with your host, Dr. Daniel Kimbley. And if I sound a little bit tired, it's because I am. It's because I'm up at 5.30 a.m. I actually walked to the office this morning, so I was on the road before 4.30 a.m. And here I am to record this 24th episode of The Nexus Podcast, and this one's called Who's Gonna Give Your Kid Pills? kick back, relax, and enjoy this 24th episode of The Nexus Podcast. So I got to celebrate just for a second. This is the 24th episode of this podcast, which means I've been going consistently for the last six months. I hope you're getting massive value out of it. I hope that it's helping you think about some things in different ways. The people I've interviewed, it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to do so. And so with this episode, I want to take a step back and actually go and have a conversation about the chiropractic philosophy and the chiropractic world, and vitalism, and a conversation of vitalism versus mechanism. And this is super important to me. It's at the foundation of everything that we do in our office. In my humble opinion, the world would be a completely different place If this was at the foundation of how everyone was living, if we looked at our businesses this way, if we looked at our households this way, if we looked at our friends and family members this way, if we looked at our own bodies this way, if we looked at our government agencies this way, it could completely transform the world that we live in for the better. And so the chiropractic philosophy or the vitalistic philosophy states this, is that the body is a self-healing, self-regulating, self-maintaining organism. And with this, I just want to set that frame because it's important to think about this as we move through. So if you don't agree with that, this probably isn't the the episode for you to listen to. This may not be the podcast for for you to listen to. We may not be the right office for you. But we know for a fact, the body was designed to heal itself. The earth was designed to heal itself. So let me give you a few examples of this just so we can lay it down and set the record straight. Have you ever had to go to bed at night and remind your heart to pump blood to all of your tissues in your body before you went to bed. I'm hoping that you're saying no right now because you don't have to. No one ever had to go to bed and remind their heart to pump blood. Now I'm bringing this up because interesting, some people believe that the body's not self-healing, that we need pills, that we need medication, that we need medical intervention. And certainly there's a time and place for that when we need emergency care But on the day-to-day basis, most people do not need emergency care. Most people do not need medication to function and be healthy. Actually, medication is not physiologically compatible, which means that anytime you put a medication, even some of the supplements that we would use that we would consider natural, actually make our body process. It puts a stress on our body. It makes our body process that chemical or that substance that we put into our system and it actually adds extra stress to the body. It takes extra energy away from the body's healing process because it has to pro- it has to go through, it has to detoxify the things that are in those medications or some of those supplements, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I bring this up because the body is self-healing, self-regulating, self-maintaining. Another example of this would be if you've ever scraped your knees, if you have kiddos who have ever scraped their knees or fallen down and got a scrape on the elbow or the hand, you know, as well as I do, that they never now- ever had to wake up in the morning and tell themselves, oh, I need to remember to heal that thing today. I need to remember to heal that thing today because the body automatically knows how to do it and it doesn't need help from the outside to do it. We were designed to be healthy. We were designed to express life at 100%. And through a series of stresses, which I'm not going to get into on this episode, it hinders your body, your ability of the the ability of your body's nervous system to turn off those stresses and go into healing mode because your body cannot, again, your body cannot be in stress mode and in healing mode at the same time. They're two different physiological processes. They are two different states of being. In stress mode, you don't need to digest food. In stress mode, you don't need to heal tissue. And healing mode, on the other hand, you don't need to be stressed out, so you can start to focus and relax and get things done that you ultimately otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Now, there's a balance between the two; it's not just off or on. But for the sake of our conversation, just understanding this is the vitalistic principle is that the body is a self-healing, self-regulating, self-maintaining organism. Now, the reason that I bring this conversation up is because I was at a chili cook-off over the weekend, and my wife and I are there. And if you know if you know us well, Heather is now 35 weeks pregnant, and a couple of days. Maybe more so when you're listening to this, but regardless, she's 35 weeks pregnant. So what this means is that we have about five weeks until our little baby Kimberly comes. Now, it was interesting being at this chili cook-off because it was mostly strangers, people that we do not know. There are a few clients of ours who were there um, who we love dearly, but for the most part, it was a bunch of strangers, people who had heard about us but not necessarily knew who we were or what we were about. And towards the end of the night, um, I started just thinking about all the conversations that we were having. So it's pretty easy as an icebreaker when Heather's pregnant because she has a baby belly, so people can talk about when do you do and that kind of breaks the ice. It makes it really easy. But here's what I noticed: the entire evening was surrounded by this conversation of our upcoming baby, and one of the things that people really, really wanted to know is like, where are you going to have the baby? How are you going to have the baby? Is it a boy or is it a girl? And people are just blown away by the fact that we didn't want to find out whether it was a boy or girl. And we're not going to find out whether it's a boy or girl until our baby's birthday. So I bring this up because most people, as we had these conversations about upcoming baby, again, we're like five weeks out, maybe less than that, maybe a little more than that. We're not attached to the date specifically, but I'm just saying we're about five weeks out. So one of the things that consistently came up was, Oh, life is going to be so hard after you have that baby. Life is going to be so difficult. I literally, we had this one girl, she's actually our next door neighbor. I'd never met her before, but she, this girl says to me, she says, Oh, so you're going to have a baby in five weeks. She's like, Oh, there's going to be lots of crying. And like that was her only comment is that there're going to be lots of crying like babies were just designed to magically and like automatically cry and just be upset and fussy constantly which is not the case. Yes, we see that in TV, it's actually not true. If you come into our office and see some of our clients' kids, like literally these people, obviously their babies cry, but it's just a different type of human being because of the care that we get to provide in the office. And it's because these parents, it's because these moms, it's because these dads understand the concept of this vitalistic principle that the body was designed to be healthy, that the body was designed to be happy. You were designed to be healthy. You were designed to be happy. You were designed to express life full out. Being able to do everything you want to be able to chase your passions, to be able to push your body physically, to experience less stress, to experience higher levels of communication and relationships with the people who you love around you, including your kids, and all of this keeps coming back to this conversation that we're having as we're talking about bringing our baby into this world and the everyone consistently telling us that life is gonna suck so bad it's so difficult get ready to not get any sleep there's gonna be so much crying it's gonna be so terrible it's gonna be so hard and it was just this constant like not negative necessarily and I know they meant well but I look at it as this place of, and I talked about this on other episodes, of this place of law of attraction, right? It's like what you put out there, what you think about, what you think about in your mind, that energy is what you're going to be looking for. So sure, Heather and I can listen to them and, t- and talk to each other and say, man, life is going to be hard. Life's going And we know it's going to be life-changing. We know it's going to be difficult. We know that it's going to be magical as well. And so instead of focusing on all the things that may be difficult or may be challenging, Heather and I have chosen to focus on the things that we know are going to be magical about bringing a new life into this world, about being new parents, about being able to lead people and Show them that they don't have to live in a world that is a mechanistic world. A world that says when you have a fever, you should take this pill. When you have an ear infection, you should take these antibiotics. When you have this, you should take this. When this is going on, you should take you should do this and completely turn off all your body symptoms. Instead, we live in a world, a vitalistic world, that says that the body is constantly trying to heal itself. Symptoms are an expression of this. And so I bring this up because here's the other interesting thing that happened in the course of this conversation while we were at this chili cook-off. So as Heather and I are leaving. There's a guy who we had met before multiple times. And one of the things that he asked us is, he's like, So, where are you gonna have the baby at the hospital? And Heather's like, No, actually, we're gonna do it at home. And he goes, Oh, and he was like very thrown off by that. And he's like, So you're not gonna like get the shot in your back, and you're not there's not gonna be a doctor, and there's not, and he was there's like all of these fear-based things, and he couldn't wrap his head around the fact. So I just told him straight up, I'm like, "Look, man, women were designed to have babies, like. We have done this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years without doctors, without medical institutions. Obviously, those are great in times of emergency. Like I certainly know some people who are very close to my heart who had emergency situations and they needed to go to the hospital. Completely different story. For the general majority of people, we don't need those interventions. And so as we kind of like think about this and have these conversations, he literally starts talking to me and he's like, wait a second. So, uh, so who's going to give your kids pills? He's like, who's going to like keep your baby warm. How's your baby going to be healthy? And I'm like, dude, the we are designed to be healthy. And he couldn't wrap around, wrap his head around this concept of like, not taking pills or living in a world where we don't need to mask symptoms. And so what I mean by this, and you've heard me talk about this before, but I think it's important to hammer home is if someone has a fever, that fever is present to heat up your body, to burn off a bacteria or virus, to prevent it from spreading further. So why would we ever want to prevent our body from having a fever that's below 105? My answer is that we wouldn't and we shouldn't if you live in a world that you believe to be a vitalistic world, a world where our bodies were designed to be healthy, that were self-healing, self-regulating, and self-maintaining. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you would have people who live in a mechanistic world, and that mechanistic world would look like this, is that the body is not whole, the body is not one, but we need to separate out the pieces and parts. And so what this looks like is that because there's a fever, we need to turn off the fever because that fever is the problem. And the problem actually isn't the fever, the problem is the bacteria or virus, which we could go into a whole other conversation, which I don't want to get into right now, but that whole conversation would kind of look like this, is that, is the body having a fever because the bacteria and virus is too strong, or is it because the body's immune system was too weak and it couldn't overcome the bacteria and virus, virus on, its own, and so, on its own, so it needed some help? And I would argue that it's because it needed some help. And it needed some help because the nervous system wasn't functioning at 100%. Therefore, it couldn't modulate the immune system well. And when it couldn't modulate the immune system well, then we start to get these symptoms of fever, stuffy nose, cough, headaches, body aches, etc. And so none of these symptoms are necessarily a bad thing. I had this conversation in the office this past week is that a guy was talking about having a stuffy nose and a cough. And I said, why would you want to prevent the stuffy nose? The stuffy nose is there because it's your body trying to get rid of the excess toxins. It's trying to protect itself. So if we prevent the stuffy nose, we're preventing our body's own built-in mechanisms for protecting ourselves. It's that simple. And so if we block these things and we literally block our body's ability to heal. And again, this goes back to the conversation. Do you live in a mechanistic world or do you live in a vitalistic world? Do you believe, do you trust that you were designed by God or your creator or the universe or whatever you would say perfectly? Or were you not perfect? And do you need medications and outside interventions to help you along the way? And so as we had this conversation, I, told, I was telling him another story and I was just sharing like, you know, we've had multiple moms who've asked if I could just be their kid's pediatrician because they see us more than they see his, their pediatrician and they see us because their kids are healthy, not because their kids are sick. And he literally asked me this question. I already mentioned it, but he was like, who's going to give your kids pills? And I simply stated and I asked him, I said, what if our kids just never needed pills? And it was as if I had punched him in the face. He had no idea what to say. And it was the end of the conversation. Like he literally had never thought this in his head that, oh, maybe my kids or maybe my family or maybe myself wouldn't need pills. And again, pills can be okay. Certainly not hating on people who take pills, I'm just sharing from our world, this vitalistic world, is that none of these things are actually physiologically compatible. Yes, they can help manage symptoms, but in terms of addressing the cause, it's missing the boat. And so I bring this up because I'm super passionate about this for a number of reasons. Is that one, our kids are being overly medicated. And as a result, we're going to have a population, we're going to have a generation of kids who are sick and unable to take care of us. And if you're listening to this and you're getting frustrated and you're, and you're getting angry and thinking to yourself, well, you know, we have the best healthcare, we spend the most money on healthcare in the world, in the United States, And we have all these medical breakthroughs. My question for you would be, why do we have 52% of our children, 52% of our children diagnosed with chronic disease today? If our healthcare system, which is actually a sick care system, if it is so good and so great, and we put so much money into it, then why are our children, the kids who are going to have to run this country one day, why are they sicker than ever? Is it because we haven't made enough pills for them? Is it because we haven't masked enough of their symptoms? Or is there something else going on? Now, I might not have all the answers to this, but what I do know is that if we're spending more on healthcare in the U.S. than any other country in the, in the world, then likely we should be healthier, not sicker. And it's actually the exact opposite. We are sicker, not healthier. It's because we live in a world where we have a sick care model. We have a mechanistic model of health, generally speaking, not in our office. There are other little pockets in our communities, but for the most part, we live in a sick care model, and the sick care model looks like this. If you have an issue, then you need to come see us, and if you don't have an issue, then you're healthy. But how many people do you know who get diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and the first sign of it is the diagnosis of stage 4 cancer? There was nothing before. How many people do you know who never had any issues, who you thought were perfectly healthy, and then they pass away of a heart attack or have a heart attack? The first sign of a heart attack is a heart attack. So my question for you is this, were they healthy up until that day that they had the heart attack? I would hope that you would say no. And so as we think about this, is like we live in this world where there, we live in a sick care model. It's like if you're sick, if you're feeling symptoms, then there's something wrong. And if you don't feel anything, then there's nothing wrong, which is absolutely not true. But the other and and could also be true as well, is that what if we add had actual health care, a system of care that was focused on health, that was Trained to study like I am and so many of my colleagues who I've had the opportunity to interview on this podcast who understand the body's ability to be healthy and this is what we study, is what creates health in the body. Not what makes sickness, but what creates health. And when you understand what creates health in the body, there's generally a different change in thought process. And the thought process looks like this. And this is what I love so much about having the practice that we get to have. Every one of our clients comes into our office and they're like, wow, this is so different than any doctor's office I've ever been to. No one is sick. Everyone is happy. Everyone is healthy. Everyone is smiling. There's uplifting music. There's no gla- glass separating us and them because we are creating a connection to health in your body through your nervous system. We are creating a connection to health in your community, in your household, through your nervous system. And the people who have been under care in our office understand this at the deepest level possible is that relationships get better, stress starts to go away, you start to make more money, sex life gets better, your kids start to function better, their school starts to improve, their athletic performance starts to improve, their peace of mind and clarity starts to improve. And generally speaking, we are creating a healthier human race, a healthier human population, a healthier community where we don't have 52% of our kiddos with chronic illness and chronic disease. So my question for you is this. Do you live in a true healthcare model or do you live in a sick care model? My other question for you is are you a vitalist or are you a mechanist? And no matter where you stand, I want to applaud you for making that stance because it's important to think about these things at a deeper level. And so the guy that I talked to and all of the other conversations that we had, it's clear that we have been trained to live in a very mechanistic society in a mechanistic model, in a sick care model that we just call healthcare. And this, as an idea, as a philosophy, could completely transform the world. Because when you understand that your body was designed to be healthy, that you are self-healing, that you are self-maintaining, that you are self-regulating, that you are designed to be healthy, that you are perfect, that you are not broken, that you are amazing, that you are powerful, then you realize that you will start to make decisions that bring you closer to that and don't take you away from that. And these, my friends, are vitalistic decisions. This is why you eat organic food. This is why you drink clean water. This is why you should also address the thing that connects you to life directly, which is your nervous system, which connects you directly to your spirit or your soul, which is your nervous system. And so having a healthy nervous system sits at the core. It's the core of being healthy, of expressing the life that you hope to live now clients in our office understand this at a very deep level. And so with that, I want to have you consider how is your nervous system functioning? Are you living in a vitalistic world or a mechanistic world and would you like for that to change? If you would, I would love for you to give our vi- office a visit. You can check us out on the web at nexusfamilychiropractic.com. You can always check us out on Facebook or Instagram as well. And two last things, please leave a comment and a rating for this episode. We love and appreciate you. This is how we send this out and we get this message out to more people who definitely need to hear it so we can literally change the game, so we can literally change the world, so we can uplift our communities and we can start to live in a place where we don't have 52% of our children living with chronic disease. I love and appreciate every single one of you. My question for you is who's going to give your child pills? We will come at you live again next week. Talk very, very soon. Peace.